everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend and partner, Alfonso Rachel, coming to you live now from the uh, from the Rachel Broadcasting Center <laughs> in uh, in uh, undisclosed location in Texas. Uh, Zoe, you got a new studio there, and, and it's looking better every day. Hey, hey between you and, uh, and our audience members at BillWhittle.com and folks who... Uh, you know, uh, help keep help us keep gas in the delivery truck. You know, we're just trying to step up our game a little bit here, man. I wanted the members to know that they're not only helping with uh, Virtue Signal, but they're getting Zoe's message out there and, and his band's music. And God knows he deserves it. So clearly it's time for me to cut your pay. All right. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Zoe, we got a question that I liked a lot from, um, from a guy named Eric Blake. He's like one of the all-time heavy lifters in the uh, Stratosphere Lounge. Mm-hmm and the Stratosphere Studio Show. He's there every week. He's one of probably three or four or five people that are there all the time. Yes. And he thought it might be an interesting topic for us to go over something based on a joke that I told on the Stratosphere Lounge. Now, I'll tell the joke. My, um, my mastery of accents, which used to be pretty decent back when I was practicing them all the time when I was in the theater department, is not going to be what it should be, but you'll probably get the idea. Okay, so here's the joke, and then we'll get to the, to the point of the joke. So there's this little Irish man who lives in um, in Manhattan, and his daughter is about to get married, and at, at, at great expense, he's arranged to have his daughter's wedding take place at St. Patrick's Cathedral in, in New York. And he's on his way to the wedding ceremony, and unfortunately, he's late. And much worse than that, since he's late, he is in real trouble in terms of parking. So he gets to St. Patrick's Cathedral, goes around the front, sees crowds and crowds of people outside. He knows he's already late. And he's, there's nowhere to park. He goes all the way around the block. He's getting so desperate. He says, oh, Lord, please, just if you'll find me a wee parking space, I'll give up all my chase and a skirts. I'll never go look at another woman again. So help me, God, Lord, please, just a parking space. That's all I want, just a simple parking space. So he goes around the front of the building. Now everybody's starting to go inside. The bride's around, looking around, trying to find where dad is. You know, she's about to cry. He's getting more and more hysterical. Goes around the block the second time. Goes a little wider this time. Nothing, nothing. It's just completely locked up. Oh, Lord, please, this means so much to me. If you give me a parking space, Lord, there's a little one, just a parking space, then then I'll, I'll not only give up chasing skirts, Lord, I'll, I'll stop me drinking. And no luck, man. So the third time around, the door is pretty much closed and see the girl's about to burst into tears and now he's really genuinely frantic. Lord, please, Lord, please, please. Just a parking space, Lord. I'll give up me chasing the skirts. I'll give up me drinking. I'll give up me swearing, Lord. If you please just do me this one little favor, please. And as he comes around the corner for the fourth time, all of a sudden as he's as he's approaching St. Patrick's Cathedral, this enormous tour bus pulls out of the way. It had been an overcast day. This beam of sunlight shines down to the front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and there directly in front of the stairs is not one parking space, but but enough for three cars. And so the guy pulls into the parking space, and just as he does, he goes, ah, never mind, Lord, I found one. Uh, (laughs) So the topic that uh, that Eric suggested is this sense of, um, it's almost like, obviously it's ingratitude, and, and, I think one of the one of the things I'd like to talk about is that is that human quality of making all kinds of promises when you're in desperate trouble and then and meaning them by the way. And then as things start to ease off, you just kind of forget. When I was a little boy, my dad told me there were no atheists in foxholes. He got to uh, Germany in the last week of the war. He never saw combat, uh, although he was at the Nuremberg trials. And um, 
And he had to explain that to me. And he basically said, listen, you may not be a religious person in regular life, but when, when, when the world is exploding around you, you will pray fervently and you'll believe in it. And that made sense to me. So I'm not interested in that so much as I'm interested in this idea that that you, you, you strike a bargain with God and then out of just laziness, ingratitude, whatever, you just simply don't keep your word. It's, to me, it's one of the lowest faults in the human heart, you know, this, this, this sense of ingratitude. And it, it, applies to, um, it applies to mundane things in the world as well. But let's start with the, with the, the God thing. Do you, do you get that same feeling that that's kind of, I don't know, reneging on a deal with somebody who's pretty much aware of what the deal conditions are going to be anyway? Oh, totally, man. It's in, and, uh, you know, the Lord, you, just, this, you got this uh, Irish, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a stab at the Irish accent, even though, you know, I mean, you know, always have to be lucky charms. I, I could do that. No, I could do it. I could do it. Um, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Jump into Josephats. All right. So, um, you know, the ingratitude is going to come in. Yeah. It's when we have a culture that is made to believe that, um, all you got to do is believe in yourself. Uh, you know, you, you have to, um, we have a culture that's wired to, to you, you make it happen. You know, it's your destiny and, and you have all these things in your own hands. So, you know, it's, it's almost like with God, with the Irish guy going around in the parking lot, God's like, well, let me, let's see what you're made of. Let's see what you're made of. We'll, we'll have you go around that parking lot a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're calling out to me and stuff like that. But are you really genuine about what it is that you're calling out for? Who, not just what you're calling out to me for, but who you're calling out to. Do you really believe it? And then you find your spot, and then all of a sudden, oh, I didn't have anything to do with it. So, uh, so you're off the hook. So, so, so you're off the hook. But you know, it, it brings to mind, you know, people, like you said, calling out, calling out to God when when times get really tough. And man, one thing's for certain is you need God when times are easy too. You know, it's like we keep talking about like you know how hard times make you know uh, soft men or soft, regardless of which. You got you to gotta know what to do with the blessing if you get it. Because you got a lot of people, man. It's like you got to be ready to be grateful to God whether you get what you want or whether you don't. Because you got people who, who do get what they want and then they turn around and they do evil with it. They get yeah. what they want and, and they just totally forget God altogether. And that's one of the reasons why in the model prayer itself where, you know, the Lord is saying because they ask him. They didn't ask Jesus what to pray or how to pray, I mean, or what to say. They're like, hey, Jesus, how, do, how are we supposed to pray? And Jesus didn't give them any rituals or anything like that or nothing like that. He says, this is what you're going to say. And among those things that he says is lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's like, what do you need to ask God to not lead you into temptation for? What would he do that for? It's like, because, man, you can ask God to bless you with stuff. And you'll turn around and do evil with it. So you're basically saying, hey, God, don't even bless me with something that I would do evil with. Keep me away from that, too. No matter what it is that I want, keep me from it. If I would do evil, if I would betray you. You know, um, one of the things that's that makes this joke funny is. Now, I don't know how a good parking spot will cause somebody. Well, actually, I've seen people fight over parking spots. So anyway, sorry, man. I've seen people shoot at each other over parking spots in Los Angeles. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, pop, pop, pop. Do it with my parking spot. All right. <laughs> it's Christmas, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that makes this joke funny, and one of the things, and one of the reasons it's funny is because of the ludicrousness of it. But I realize now I hadn't really thought about it, but in the way that joke is constructed, you're making this this protagonist into a, a very small kind of guy, right? 
this is not like, you know, Billy Graham conversing with God, right? This is <laughs> this is kind of a very small kind of character who's a very simple wish. And the reason I think that's an important part of the of the joke and the and the uh, phenomenon is because you've got this almost ridiculous little character who's horse trading with the creator of the universe. You know what I mean? He's horse trading. You know, I'll, 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 I'll give up chasing skirts, Lord. You know, no Parkinson's. Oh, you drive a hard bargain. You know, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, all right, I'll put this on the table. No, well, you're a tough man to deal with. You know, and, it, and it's the whole idea that you can, that you can not only win an argument, against God, but but that you would have the audacity to try. Now, I don't want to offend anybody, but one thing I have noticed in in some cases, I see it most often in in um, in extremely conservative Jews when they do things like some of them are. I'm not talking about the, this is just a, a little a little case. So there's an injunction about thou shalt not take a you know a blade to your face on this you know so so they so they shave with an electric razor, you know and. And there are other things like you should not operate machinery, so we'll, you know, we won't push the button. We'll have a stick to push a button on the elevator. That kind of thing, right? And it's not just limited to Jews, obviously. But that kind of thing is almost like, you know, I've been looking at what God said here, and I found a loophole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I've, I've outlawed him. <laughs> that, that's exactly the that, – that's what I'm trying to get to. Is that is that idea that you can somehow outlawyer him? You know what I mean? Right. Like, up, up, yep, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good, God, but you didn't reckon on me because I have found a legal way through this uh, little uh, prohibition that you put there. Uh-huh. You specifically didn't say that, so therefore, Your Honor, uh, you know, I rest my case. And, and there, there's something so narcissistic and 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 silly about it. It's actually comical. Man, if if people are going to pray to God as a person or an entity that can grant them, I guess, their wish, like he's some big genie or something like that. Um, or an ATM. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, the thing is, you don't make deals. You just obey him in the first place. That's the point I'm trying to get to. <laughs> he's, he's all powerful. and He has the power to do this. It's like, look, just obey him in the first place, man, and do it out of love, not out of legalism. Yeah. And, and it's one thing that the Lord hated is legalism. You're not supposed to be cheating, swearing, or drinking in the first place, you know? Yes. You don't get a cookie for not doing something you're not supposed to do. <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's the thing about it. Because, you know, if, if we look at this legalistically, everybody's going to try to find a loophole with legalism, right? It's just, and it's a great point, even that you point out about, it's like, yeah, man, but I'm shaving with an electric razor, though. It's, these are clippers, man. That's something totally that's not different. That's not a blade. It's a, it's a yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, it's a, it, and God's like, yeah, that's cute. But let me give this analogy. It's almost like Mr. Miyagi. Uh, teaching the karate kid, right? Hey man, I want you to paint the fence. I want you to sand the floor. I want you to I want you to wax, you know, uh, wax the car and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which is basically saying I want to know how much you want it, right? I want to know doing things that are not connected to it at all. I want to know how much you want it. Absolutely. I want to know how much you want it, but at the same time, when the time comes, now that you're going, you're living this. Your kinetics are involved in it, right? You have no idea, even though you should because you came to me for karate lessons, right? So you have no excuse to not know that I'm teaching you karate, but you don't know. But at the same time, you're refusing to accept that I'm teaching you karate, even though you have no excuse to not know. And you're going to go through these motions. You're going to get it into your muscle memory, man. You're going to recognize. So when the time comes, when I throw a punch at you, you're going to know what to do. And it was the same thing with recognizing the Redeemer. You're going to go through these motions of sacrifices. You're going to go through these motions of, of how to shave and all that sort of stuff. So and you're going to pass these on from generation to generation. So when the respected generation sh- 
happens, when the Redeemer shows up, you're going to be like, that's the guy. That, who he is, what's happening to him, and what he's doing all squares up with every piece of metadata that is baked into every word that we were supposed to recognize. That's okay, so how that's supposed to work. So let me ask you this. Um, let's say you really did need a parking space. Like, let's say, <laughs> no, really, I mean, let's say you're the guy, right? What is the... What would be an appropriate way to go around that? For me, when I think about it, if I wasn't going to just try and, you know, insult God or, or horse trade with him or, or, you know, find a loophole, I think if I was that desperate for a parking space, my response would be something like, you know, uh, Lord, I am, I have, I have, I have been so awful. I have sinned so much or so many things I should do, so many things I said I would do and I didn't do. I don't deserve any help at all. And I know it, right? I will make a serious effort to try and mend my ways, but, but I can't. I can't guarantee that. I'll just tell you that I try. But if you can help me with this, this kind of thing. It, what, what I'm going for here is at least a sense of humility and yes. honesty, right? Mm -hmm. Humility and honesty instead of this kind of, you know, like I said, just this kind of horse trading thing. And a lot of people are not willing to take that knee. And mm -hmm. and that's really the issue, isn't it? Because the, the, the horse trading is not taking a knee. It's not saying I'm at your mercy. It's like saying if you give me one of these, I'll give you one of those. It's it's you know it's 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 like I to I equals having a negotiation. Sure, man. It's it's like Peter. You know, I'm pretty sure you know when Peter was with his homies and out there getting some, trying to catch some fish and not having they're not having any luck. You know, they're probably like thinking, man, oh God, man, which they probably didn't. But it's just let's say, you know, oh God, man, I wish if you just hooked me up with some fish and all that sort of stuff. Scripture doesn't say that they did that, but what Scripture does say is that basically what you're talking about when the Lord said, hey man, cast that net, you know, do it over on this side. And they did it, and that fish came, and that, those nets came up with so much fish, Peter just fell out and was just like, Lord, I'm a sinful man, man, just, just, just back away from me. You can I don't, be better I don't, than me. Yeah, I don't, you, yeah, I don't deserve to be in your presence. You know, so he, he's, he had that kind of humility that you're talking about. And yeah, it's like, <clears throat> now the thing is, it's, it's not like it's necessarily a bad thing to make a vow with God because there are votive offerings, you know, the, and, and the Lord, here's the thing about it though. The Lord gives his menu on votive offerings. Okay. You, you can't go and make up your own offerings. You, if you, if you, if you have the assumption that you can make up your own offerings, then that means that you can make up your own conditions concerning them yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And you can make up your own, you know, you can decide whatever, if you're going to- Whatever, your own morality, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and it also reminds me of, uh, you know, that, that one, and there's a, a hard lesson in terms of that, where um, a man who was able to, you know, engage in a uh, conflict said, hey, Lord, you get me back from this, man. I'll tell you what, as soon as I get back to my house, whatever, the first thing that runs out of my door, man, I will sacrifice that to you. And the first, you know, being that ran out of his door, out of the door was his daughter. And uh, so he was like, oh, wow, man, I got to make a burnt offering to this. Now, the Lord doesn't accept human sacrifice, uh, but he wanted to make a vow on his own accord, despite what God accepts as a sacrifice. Like, mm. look, this, this is what I accept. Anything else, man, you, you doing that on your own, you're going to pay for that. But, you know, all that to say, Bill, you know, it's, it's not so much about making a vow with God. What, what, what the Lord wants is obedience, not mm -hmm. sacrifice. If you're gonna sacrifice anything, sacrifice being a knucklehead and just do what he says. Well, just to wrap this uh, idea up to get it away from, um, uh, you know, from divine ingratitude, uh, let's bring this down to the, to the real world because the, the thing I'm really looking at it here is- It is real world though. These things no, are no, real world. No, no, I'm sorry. I, 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 mean, I, mean, I mean tangible operations between people, right? Mm. 
Good point, however. Um, so it's it's that ingratitude and it's a sense of, of backing out of a deal once you got the help you needed, you know? Mm. It's like you will do anything and you make an agreement and then after you are out of the trouble that you're in, you start to just either, you either instantly walk away from the agreement or you just kind of ghost your way out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the that's the the issue I'm trying to get to today. Okay. And, um, and I think you can see that in, in operation when it comes to people loaning other people money, especially when they're friends or, or family. I don't need to go into too many details about this, but many years ago, 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that, I got myself into real financial trouble. And uh, my friend's father, who had been a geology professor at the University of Miami trying to feed family of four and $22,000 a year, family of six rather, uh, I'd known them when they were really poor, and then he went out and started his own business, became wildly successful, and then ended up with several million dollars. And many years after he got successful, I'd known him for 40, 50 years. I basically went to him and asked him for some help. And I said, look, I'm in trouble. I'm responsible. I did this. I'm not, I'm not blaming this on anybody or anyone or anything. If you were able to help me, I would really appreciate it. If you're not, I completely understand. And so he said, yeah, he would. Um, and so I started repaying this money and it was a significant amount of money and the repayment conditions were something like $2,000 a month, which was just barely what I thought I could make. And so I, I did, I paid him back $2,000 a month. And then when things got tight, I would, I would say to him, uh, uh Jerry, I, 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 I just can't do 2000 now. Can I do a thousand and, and just extend this out a little bit? I, I got to send you something. He said, yeah, no problem. Okay. So about halfway through this loan repayment, he up and dies on me. This guy was, you know, essentially my second dad. And after he had died and we went to the funeral service, his wife uh, came up to me and said, um, part of his will was to, uh, was to just forgive the rest of this debt. It was a significant sum. I thought, wow, you know. I would have much rather had him be here and continue to make the payments, you know. Uh, but, but she said something very interesting. She said th the main reason he wanted to do that was because once you once you get a lot of money, everybody hits you up for money. Once once it becomes known that that you are doing well and you have some excess cash, anyone you've ever known essentially comes up to you and starts asking you for money. And his wife told me that you're the only person that ever paid him back on time every month. You're the only one ever who did that. And I thought, well, that might help me get into, into heaven, you know. Um, I'm not saying this to brag. On the contrary, I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I had to do it in the first place. But it's not even so much that when somebody does you a favor, especially a large favor, it's not even so much that they, that they need the repayment so much as they would appreciate the respect and the honesty of the person who you have made this um, gift to. And that was really clear to me from the beginning, but so many people, and just in his case alone, probably 15, 20 people, I'm really, really, I need your help. And here I am, just another chorus, another voice in the chorus, right? So he helps them. And then they make a payment or two or three. I've seen this hundreds of times in my life, hundreds especially with family members. They make two, three payments, then, oh, I'm gonna be a little late this week, and then, and then, and then it just, just kind of goes away. And that's just, it's dishonorable. 
and it's and it's immoral. It's 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 not dishonorable or immoral if you find yourself absolutely physically unable to repay the debt, but it is immoral and dishonorable to simply walk away from the obligation, not have the courage to to just continue to deal with this with this problem. Um, and that to me is something that I think uh, something that you know people should should openly discuss that if you're prepared to if you're going to ask for a large favor, you had better be prepared to live up to whatever you offer in return and take that very seriously. Indeed, or, or whether you asked for it or, or whether you didn't know that you needed or, or denied that you needed, but you really needed it and you got it anyway. And uh, I think uh, nobody understands this you know, better than the Lord himself. That's why one of the things for me is like, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time really asking the Lord for things. I, get, I spend more time thanking him and mm -hmm. asking. That's a good place to be. Yeah, it's like asking him, how can I serve you? What, how can I, you know, what can I do to get out there and, and show that I'm grateful? Aside from being, you know, legalistic and, and trying to do some rituals to say, look at how meritorious I am to do this. It's like that doesn't impress God at all. But I, the thing that I understand is that um, the Lord taking what he took, you know, taking one for the team like nobody else. Right. Yeah. Uh, for our eternal at atonement. We, we want to be free from these problems. We want to be free from the problem of, of, of trying to find a parking space and all that sort of stuff. The frustrations of life and all that. Well, the Lord didn't already handle it. He says, look, man, I took it. I, I, went, I prepared a pace for you guys a long time ago, man. And uh, if you guys stick with me, you'll get there. I, I wrote that into, I wrote that promise to you guys in blood, right? And you, you can't pay it back. That's the thing about it. You can't. The only thing you can do is just accept it. You know, and and live up to the terms of the agreement, right? Yeah, but which is basically believe who I am according to who I say I am. I this I am, you know. And when the Lord did what He did on the cross, you want to talk about, you know, oh, well He He did that on the cross, man. He did that a long time ago. I mean, I can get away with some stuff, and I can I don't really have to remember all those things, and I can subscribe to other. Yeah, you're uh, lawyering up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're trying to find a loophole around this, or. or Feeling that at some point the statute of limitations will go out yeah. or whichever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and besides, he, I thought it was the closet that he forgives me for my sins so I could just go ahead and do whatever I want. It's like, you know, and Jesus is like, no, man, uh, no. I'm the living law. I'm not some law on paper that you can go and manipulate, right? You mm -hmm. guys talk about how you want a living law, a law that all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I am the living law and you have me put to death. You don't want a living law, but I am the living law and I can testify to myself as the law that this is what I said and this is what I meant. And really all I need from you is just to not do people dirty, dang it. That's really all I need you to do. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind and strength and love your neighbor as you would yourself. You borrow some money, you're gonna be a slave to the lender, right? But you make sure you pay that back. You know, it, it, it's all those kind of things. Do unto others as you want them done to you. That's all I need from you. You know, yep. and if you have that in your constitution, then, you know, we'd be a better place. You need, you need three sentences for a constitution. Uh, um, don't hurt anybody. Don't take their stuff and do what you promise you're going to do. That's it. That's all you need. Honest to God. You, if you really think that through, that's the only laws you need. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. That's what the that's Lord it. says. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, home, this show is made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com who two years ago um, stepped up. We had a, a bunch of new memberships and, and was allowed us to bring Alfonso Rachel uh, into the fold where he should have been quite a long time ago. 
Um, he and I are having an incredible time doing these shows, and we hope that you feel the same way about them. Uh, speaking of gratitude, our gratitude to our paying members uh, never ends. The, the people who part with their money uh, once a month or once a year to keep the lights on and help Zoe buy a monitor for his studio and stuff, we, we don't ever take that for granted. We think about that every day. So to all of our members out there who, who've paid for this, thank you. Uh, for you non-members out there, you can just pound sand, and I hope you... <laughs> You're welcome to. The members, the members pay for the show to go out for free for people who don't feel like paying for it. So we're, we're glad to be here. Uh, for Alfonso, Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Virtue Signal.